Greetings, listeners. It's time for the final white wean of this joyous season, and we hope you've had a happy wean indeed, with visions of sugar wean dancing in your head and everything. Today, we're discussing Werewolf the Apocalypse, 2nd Edition, a book that exactly matches your specific hopes for playing as a classic cinematic werewolf. Exactly. Perfectly. So let's get started on today's System Mastery. Nice day to start again. It's a nice day for a white ween. And welcome back. Hi, John. How are you this week? Why, who couldn't be wonderful on this, the most joyous of occasions? Indeed, it's White Ween Eve with only a few days left, how the glorious occasion itself. Yeah, it's the Eve with a few days left. <laughs> Look, you don't know how White Ween... Wait, yes, you do. You're one of, of course co- I know how White Ween the, works. You're one of the co-founders of White Ween with me. Yeah. You know that White Ween Eve happens five days before White Ween. Yeah, it's White Ween Eve, mm-hmm. and then, of course, that leads into the White Ween Week, which is, of course, only five days long. <laughs> yes, it's a five-day week where each day we, we celebrate and raise glory unto one of the different glories of Ween. Yeah, one of the different uh, incarnations of Ween. Yeah, we light a Ween Day candle. Yeah, uh-huh. we all get around the Ween Day shrub. Yeah, the Ween Day shrub. Which has been immaculately trimmed in, in a uh, fashion known as Ween Day manscaping. Yep. Well, you have to have a guy do it. That's, that's part of tradition. It's just tradition. I mean, I know that there are certain households these days where they let women uh, manscape the ween shrub to make it look more modern, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, but then you start getting weird shapes and, like, triangles. and. But that is why I am, generally speaking, against reform weenanism. Yeah. Once once you start getting into that weird modern ween, you you don't even wish people a happy ween anymore. Oh my gosh. If I go to stores and they don't wish me a happy ween directly, oh yeah. I just never go back. And these days I have to shop entirely on Amazon and send myself an email saying happy ween. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because no one does it. No one remembers to do it correctly. No one. Yeah. Anyway, Only us. I'm cutting all of this. This is terrible. <laughs> no, this is the best ever. <laughs> so uh so the book today is written by a couple of luminaries in the field of being pompous and crazy, isn't it? Oh yeah, this has like a couple of very well-known names. We've got uh, we've got Brucato in here. Yeah, Phil Satiros Brucato. He's in here. He's yeah, doing it. You got to say the whole thing. Oh yeah, he's got his uh, he's got his fingers deep into this pie. Mm-hmm. So there's. I mean, honestly, having read a couple of other Brucato books at this point, I'm sorry, Satiros books at this point. I am uh I'm pretty used to identifying his work and there's a lot of him in this book. Oh yeah. Like I said, he is he is just all his stink is permeating. Pretty much. You can tell that at a certain point they decided to go in a different direction that angered him and that's why he went off and wrote Changing Breeds. Yeah. Which oh my god, how do we not have a copy of that already? Right? Oh, I need to get my hands on that. That is some nonsense. <laughs> but also, this is our first exposure amazingly to uh Mark Raindat Dot Hagen. Oh, Dot Hagen. Now, you got to call him Dot Hagen because I, I guess that's not a dash in his name. It's it's always an asterisk. Uh, the the dot is, he said at one point that the dot is supposed to be there to, like, I don't know, play against the idea of things having meaning. Like, it's, it's you know, big up your own ass fart smells. But then apparently where he was living, they translated the dot into a comma. <laughs> and so now he has gone back to just being hyphenated. Oh, he has? Okay, so yeah. for a while there he was using the asterisk as a sort of protest against hyphens. I guess it was just, uh, this is a protest against, like, 
meaning in words, and I want people to realize that it's all weird, made-up bullshit. And then people started calling him Hagen Mark Rain, and he was like, no, no, that isn't, no, well, it, my I, na- I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not listing my name alphabetically. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Hagen? Oh, Hagen. How, how's it going there, Hagen Mark Rain? Oh, that sounds like a like a really good German name. If you were just Hagen, ah, it's me, Hagen Markrain. Those accent was I don't know. I don't even know where the fuck that was from. <laughs> that's uh, me, Hagen Markrain. <laughs> I, that's me, Haven Markrain, pirate. Yar, <laughs> I be building up a turret, German pirate. All pirates have the same accent, which makes this quite easy, don't you know? <laughs> Hear me, baby, all together. <laughs> Anyway, Mark Rainhagen, uh, he's not crazy exactly. No, uh, but he's he's definitely got some stuff that he is very interested in. He is the White Wolf guy. Like he is, he, he, he created White Wolf. Yeah, it is. He did Vampire. He did Werewolf. He did Changeling, uh, Changeling and Wraith. Yeah. So he he was really the core old world of darkness. Was Ryan Hagen's baby? Oh, is it Ryan Hagen now? Yeah, that makes it even better if it's Hagen Mark Ryan. Hagen Mark Rhine. Oh man, that just sounds like a Wolfenstein villain. <laughs> yeah, I would totally shoot Hagen Mark Rhine in the face. I know, like all just a head in a jar on top of a Robo Mac. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, well, BJ Blazkowicz is going to come beat the shit out of you now. <laughs> all I have is ideas about vampire separations. <laughs> Good, great. Okay, I mean, wait, has uh, has BJ Blazkowicz ever destroyed vampires? Have they done that? Uh, no, it's all just been standard Nazi, as oh, far man. as I know. Because how great would, like, a, a Wolfenstein game where there's also Nazi vampires be? <laughs> how great? Pretty great. Pretty fucking great, right? Anyway, uh, so he is, like, the voice behind what White Wolf used to be. Like, the original Old World of Darkness was pretty much his baby. Yeah, so when you see a lot of the similarities between the books, uh, all of that is really coming from him. Yes. Uh, so the, the goofy crap in this, as far as like the descriptions on abilities and oh, where things get a little over, either overwrought or it's someone trying to work out their, their, uh, stage 15 minutes. Oh yeah. All of the like stupid jokes that are in here mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the classifications of things into the various like subgroups. Yeah. There's a lot of subdivisions in here, which you would expect from old world of darkness. And then everything Every one to five dot rating in the entire book needs to have five little jokes. Yeah. Which are like someone workshopping some borscht belt material. <laughs> and uh, the and then the rest of it, whenever you get to things where it's like, here's a bunch of like shamanistic up its own ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and let's lionize some peoples. Yeah. Let's talk about how like all the native americans got it right and then they're all spiritual mystics and that, that kind of stuff is very very satiros yeah that's that's a lot of satiros stuff uh so here's the thing john i came to white wolf kind of backwards for how most people would do it yes you did you did not come in through the this one of the standard vectors which is a vampire or a werewolf or something like that that's right normally people come in through the vampire door but i for some reason in the dead of night like a thief Decided to squeeze my way in through the exalted door. Yeah, you you snuck in through that exalted window. Yeah, the exalted window. Uh, and every time God closes a vampire door, he opens an exalted window. Yeah. And that's how I got in. Uh, so I played exalted for years before I even cracked a different White Wolf book. Indeed. And as I've been going through, I find they are increasingly nonsense. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, this book... 
So here's, let me just tell you, the reason I was bringing up why I came into uh, White Wolf and How uh, is because I have these expectations about it that I'm only now challenging as I make my way through them for White Weens. Yes. So what I thought they were was, because there's one for like each one of the universal mo- movie monsters, right? There's like a werewolf one and a vampire one and a mummy one. Yeah. And a mummy one where he, sh- where he chases Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> like, I- I'm used to, like, I'm expecting those. So what I always expect when I'm coming to these books is, like, classic monster tropes. So when I'm looking for vampire, I'm looking for, and I, I find it for the most part in the vampire book, where you're like, oh, you're playing as the classic romantic vampire guy who, st- you know, walks around in a cloak and says, blah. Well, yeah, they, they did a really good job in vampire of being like, all right, what are the different versions of vampires that you see in media? Yeah, you've got Nosferatu in there. You kind of, I mean, I think it predates the Gary Oldman treatment of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but you basically have that version of the kind of imperious but old but mysterious vampire. Well, yeah, you have your your basic like classic Dracula of like, oh, I'm I'm very aristocratic and in charge of things. You have your I'm a metaphor for lust and sex vampires. Yeah, you got, and you got your angry Lost Boys punk street kid vampires. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways to come at it, and they do a lot of it. Uh, they did also throw in some random weird bullshit like magic vampires and crazy vampires. Well, I, even then, I, I feel like I've seen enough movies where vampires are straight up casting spells. And I've also seen, you know, Vampire's Kiss, which means I've seen a crazy fucking vampire before. Uh, uh, is that uh, right? Is Vampire's Kiss? Is that the Nick Cage one? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So there we go. So I've seen a couple of crazy goddamn vampire movies. So that book made sense to me. Yeah, uh, that's that's at least when you come to Vampire, you're like, all right, I get it. You ch- you took all of these and you turned it into a game. So when I crack open the Werewolf the Apocalypse book, I'm kind of expecting the same thing. You know, I'm expecting a little, like, uh, American Werewolf in London uh, or Paris, whichever one's the one you're supposed to watch. London. London. The Paris you. one is kind of stupid, and of course I've also seen it, but oh, of course the London one is the good one. Yeah, so I'm expecting a little American Werewolf in London, a little Lon Chaney. You know, yeah, like, you know, you'd normally think, like, oh, if I'm doing the, the same thing that Vampire did, you'd go... All right, there's a werewolf that looks a little more human. There's a werewolf that's a little more wolfy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is more bestial. One is more sexual. Right, and the whole thing is, you know, I'm expecting the kind of old tropes of the werewolf. You know, like, oh, I have been bitten by, by a wild beast on the moors. I must be chained up by night or I will ravage my beloved. Well, yeah, because werewolf always sort of represented this, uh, this inner beast inside of a mm. a human but vampire really took that they even have the beast is one of the things in vampire that they have and the whole thing being about like oh you've got this beast in you and uh you might lose control at any moment and you're like oh that's but that's the werewolf trope what are you going to do with werewolf <laughs> well that's the thing is i cracked this book expecting to find that or at least a refinement on that like maybe if they just took the gangrel clan from the vamp- vampire book and we're like and we'll redivide that into five things and call it a day. But instead, this is this is not werewolves at all. Like this is not this is I'll, I'll be clear. This is not about like a Lon Chaney werewolf in any capacity ever. This is not really about any werewolf you've seen in media at all. Period. No, this is about the Planeteers fighting the evil cut like Hoggish Greedly. Yeah. the The weird thing about this is. 
they got rid of a lot of stuff that makes a werewolf a werewolf. One, it's not a curse anymore. You're just born with it. Yeah. Or maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> it could be Maybelline. Although, you know, if you think about it, it does predate one the, the Twilight books where werewolves are just a, a family of werewolves. Oh, yeah. So, that, that I mean, if you were to take all the different werewolf movies out there, then the closest one that it would be to would be Twilight, which it predates by like 20 years. Yeah. And... I have to imagine that Twilight is Twilight because of werewolf. I assume the Twilight where yeah, because I mean they're a Native American tribe of of corporation hating werewolves who also don't trust vampires. I mean they are straight up the stuff out of this book. Yes. So that but I did not expect this. I was expecting a bit more of like, you know, a curse because all white wolf books to my understanding were about the curses that befall humanity. They're all about hubris. Yeah, I mean vampire is still you have to get bit and turned into it. Uh, the Frankenstein, like Promethean is, you're turned into this and you're cursed with existence. They suffer from disquiet and they can't stay in any one place or the pitchforks all come out. Yeah, the changeling thing is you were, like, you're being hunted down by the Fae, so you've got this, like, cursed existence and you're sort of tainted by the Fae. Yeah, and Exalted, it's literally super hubris. Yeah. It's just, the, the, uh, pride goeth before the fall. Whereas, with Werewolf, it's... You're only born, and werewolf is a hereditary trait where, like, if one of your parents is a werewolf, you might be a werewolf. And, of course, uh, Jeff Wolfworthy had a great bit on you might be a werewolf. If If you stare at a bag of frozen meat for an hour because it says concentrate inserted, (laughs) you might be a werewolf. Yeah, that kind of thing? Yeah, that. Okay. Who can forget that? If you've been on TV more than three times describing the smell of hot antelope innards, (laughs) you might be a werewolf. Uh, So now it's the fact that you're just born into it and then, like, your werewolf parent will come get you when you turn into, like, a kid and puberty is just turning into a werewolf. Okay, uh, so it turns werewolfing into a puberty analog, which, you know... Uh, which I, Ginger Snaps did, but again, that came out uh, after Werewolf did. Oh, that's a werewolf thing? Oh, yeah, Ginger Snaps is a werewolf movie where it turns basically getting your period into becoming a werewolf. Well, I knew about the getting your period turns people into monsters aspect of it. I didn't know it was literally werewolves. I thought I thought it was just like they got turned into kind of rage beasts. No, no, it is it is actual for reals werewolves. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, oh, I've yeah. heard that movie's good. Oh, it's super good. Yeah. I've I've watched all 3 of the Ginger Snaps movies. There might be more, but after <laughs> Ginger Snaps back, I I had to get out. <laughs> now, uh what what is teeth? Uh, teeth is uh, teeth it's, it's, in it's vaginas. Just, it's just vagina dentata, the movie. But I didn't know if it was like an analog as well. It was like, oh, you have vagina teeth, and also you turn into a harpy. <laughs> or, or I, I don't know, a, a, a hippogriff. Yeah, that's it. You turn into a hippogriff <laughs> with teeth in your pussy. Well, we got to explore the classic monster tropes that surround the famous hippogriff. Yeah. I probably should have gone with an actual horror flying monster, like a periton or something. <laughs> nope. Nope, that's not it. You know what a periton is, right? It's yeah, like of course. A, I've like played D and D. They're in there. It's like a deer eagle that casts the shadow of a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, it's got vagina teeth. Also, yeah. <laughs> it's lesser known aspect of it's it's that and the knuckle of E and the uh, Nixie all have vagina teeth. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, that doesn't show up in D and D because of the eighties. Thanks, Puritans. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that comics code, but for RPGs. Yeah, but if you buy that uh, book of erotic, whatever it was called. It's uh, all in there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so werewolf is not playing. It's, I mean, honestly, 
It's just like when we read Panty Explosion and we were like all psyched up for, you know, some gross, stupid anime things to make fun of. And then the words Panty Explosion are only the title of the game and have nothing to do with the game. Yeah. Once you open this book, you will never see the words Werewolf again. Yeah. Werewolf is the title. And then for the rest of the book, it's Garu. Yes. They're all just the Garu. And, and why is that? Well, because werewolves traditionally are a classic monster that gets shot by silver bullets and threatens old priests and ravages women who are wearing white white silk gowns out in the forest at night. Yeah. But not in this book. In this book, werewolves are uh, mostly Native Americans who hate big cities and kind of pop out of the trees to teach children's le- children lessons about crossing the street while playing baseball. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you probably shouldn't be crossing the street while you play baseball. No, it's dangerous. And now you know. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Oh, I think that's how it went. Yeah, that's how that goes. Yeah. So, but no, it's basically, so the basic story of Werewolf, the apocalypse, is there's a giant evil god monster called the Worm. It's the big devourer. Well, yeah, it's in the beginning there was the Weaver, the Wild, and the Worm. Oh, hear that? That sounds like some Exalted shit. Oh, yeah. Exalted is basically they took Werewolf and changed very little for the cosmology because the the whole idea behind werewolf was the wild is raw uh just nonsense but it's potential Mm -hmm. and the weaver took wild's energy and turned it into solid actual things Mm -hmm. and if either one of them became too powerful like there was just too much raw energy or too much stagnant energy because that's what the weaver is is like stagnant stuff solid energy stuff that's already been turned into a thing yeah then the worm was there to destroy it and keep the balance but now the worm apparently got caught in like the weaver's net and the weaver is trying to make it so that everything is unchanging and the worm has gone insane and is trying to destroy everything so it's What's going on with the wild? The wild is just there. Like, oh, that's nobody, right. It's not a god. It's just a force. Like, okay. no one is like, oh, fuck the wild. They're like, ah, eh, wild doesn't care. Wild's just raw nonsense, okay. so it doesn't matter. All right. So, basically, at a certain point, long ago, the the worm won already, and, def- and the world is 100% for sure going to be devoured by the devourer worm. Yeah, like, basically, uh, the, the werewolves that you play were supposed to be protectors of Gaia, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and using their powers of fire <laughs> and earth and water, wind, wind and, and heart, and heart, they were going to protect Gaia and summon Captain Planet. Uh, unfortunately, they got their shit pushed in at some point, uh, and they got like super hubris. But it wasn't a curse; it was just them being like, "Yeah, we're the best." Oh wait, no, we're not. And then they got fucked up, and the worm has basically won. Like everything that you do in this book is essentially a delaying action to the end of the world. Right. And this is part of the whole old world of darkness, new world of darkness thing, is that the apocalypse and werewolf the apocalypse happens at a certain point in their book line. Oh, yeah. Well, it's every book's version of the end times comes to be. So you have Gehenna and for the vampires and the apocalypse for werewolf and all that shit. Right. So basically, the book's not very hopeful. The idea is that you're playing in a dying world. Yeah. Uh, You are protectors of a dying world and the the uh, again the odd thing is none of this has to do with you being a classic werewolf like there's there you do have a frenzy mechanic yeah but it's only when you use like one of your uh power points is rage and when you use that you have to make a roll and see if you frenzy but for the most part you're like oh i'm always in control i can shift between my forms and 
just be a thing. And they added two new forms, which oh yeah, the uh, the slightly wolf. What were we calling them? Uh, Were werewolf and man man wolf. It's it's the wolfy wolf. Yeah, wolfy wolf man and manny man wolf. Yeah. Which are exactly what they sound like. They're they're a slightly mannier wolf and a slightly wolfier man. If you've seen the chart from Rifts where it's the bio E, how much have you gotten a human appearance? And you've definitely seen that because you've read at least one Palladium book. And I think it's contractually mandated to be in all of them. Then uh, you know exactly what the different forms are because it's that. Yeah, it's that exact thing. I mean, granted, because this is White Wolf and it's Mark Rain dat Hagen. Or, I'm sorry, Hagen Mark Rhine. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's Hagen Mark Rhine. uh we have special fancy names for all of them. Oh, everything has a fancy name. This book is big on fancy names. So it's not your uh, your human form is your Hamid, and your wolf form is your uh, lupus. Lupus. It's never lupus, John. It's never lupus. It's always lupus. The middle form is your Krinos. Yeah, Krinos is the the battle form. Is your classic like big werewolf guy. Mm-hmm. Then you have your. Uh, your version that's between Wolf and Krenos, so you're just sort of a big wolf. Yeah, you're a big, slightly less hairy, I get maybe, wolf. And then your version that's between Krenos and uh, and Hamid, which is basically a Lon Chaney werewolf, where you're a hairy man. Yeah, you're you're a hairy dude, and you've probably got, like, some pointy canines and some claws or basically whatever. Basically, you're Logan. Yeah. You, you, get, you get to turn into Sabretooth, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You get, <laughs> sure, you get to turn into Creed. So those are the those are the different forms. Uh, here's the thing about this book at this point, though. The next thing that we really need to talk about is this book is all about picking and choosing about 15 different things to define what your werewolf are. Oh yeah, is. it it is nuts. Because when you're when you're making a character in this, you get your standard white wolf stuff. Yeah. So, so you've you've got your dots. your your dots, your one to fives, and it's pick a primary, secondary, and tertiary on your attributes, and it's the classic. White Wolf attributes, so your strength, dex, and stamina, uh, charisma, manip- manipulation, appearance, and in wits, uh, perception. Yeah, intelligence, wits, and perception. Uh, so there are nine stats. Each one ranges from one dot to five dots. You get a set number of points to put in each one. An average human has two dots in a given stat. One is slightly weaker than human. Five is considered like Olympic super grade. Yeah. Then you get about twenty-five abilities to go with those attributes. And again, you've got to pick your. Primary, secondary, and tertiary, tertiary between, like, knowledges, skills, and aptitudes or some shit. Yes, and then you put dots on them, and again, it's a one to five rank where one is you are feeble at this and five is you are amazing at this. This is weird because the suggestion is that one dot is bad, except that it's any training at all is the difference. Yeah, it's you actually know something about whatever this subject is, whereas the descriptions of them are... Classically, throughout all Old World of Darkness books, is like, one dotted melee. You know which end the pointy side is. And you're like, what? Yeah, why would I bother investing in that? I have no idea how to sword fight, and I know which end the pointy side of a sword is. Yeah, it basically boils down to, oh, humans should have a dot in literally everything. Yeah, that's the problem, is when you look at it, you look at all 25 abilities, and you look at the one dot rating, and then evaluate yourself for a second. Like, for example... What do you think your actual dots in computer is, John? Like, if you were to range yourself in an actual one to five dot ranking of computer. I mean... Let's say... Actually, let's not say you. Let's say your mom. Uh, probably one. Okay, so here's what the one dot rating in computer is. You know how to turn on a video game console. Great. Good. You know what a power button is. That's one dot. And that, and that of course, means if you don't have 
a dot in computers, you look at an Xbox or something and you're like, what is this crazy magical box? How does it make the pictures come? Someone turn on this eczema box for me. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, second one for you, John. How, how intimidating do you think you actually are on a range of one to five? I mean, your... I would definitely say I have zero dots in intimidate. So you have zero dots in intimidate. Well, here's here's what one dot in intimidate gets you. Six-year-olds will get out of your way. Great. Uh, I don't think, honestly, I feel like that should be the five dot one because six-year-olds aren't getting out of anyone's fucking way. <laughs> Six-year-olds. I mean, what, what is that? What's the point? I don't, I don't think I'm an especially intimidating person either, but I can scare small children. <laughs> it's not especially... Why would I invest one dot in that is the, is the question I have for the, for the designers of this game. Well, because the descriptions don't fucking matter at all. No, because they just have to do with what you roll. They, they're just roll. It's just extra dice you have yeah. to roll. So if you're trying to, to uh, scare some six-year-olds, you're going to roll your probably... which. Uh, Manipulation, probably. Or charisma. Charisma, sure. You're going to roll your charisma dots in dice plus your uh, intimidation dots in dice, and then you're going to check for your number of successes, and I'll let John explain the old world mechanic for yeah. how successes are checked, because I never can freaking remember the damn thing. So the uh, the old world of darkness is everything is based D10, and you have target number is your difficulty. So if something were to be... Uh, very easy, mm-hmm. then it would be, say, a 4 on a D10 is your target number. So any 4 or greater would be a success on a D10. Uh, the average difficulty is about 6, uh, and then if you were to be very difficult, it would be around an 8 or a 9. Right. Uh, and that's that's how you get your successes. The number of dice you roll is your stat plus skill, and uh, then if you get any successes at all... You succeed, and the more successes is how well you succeed at it. The stupid thing, which I think we brought up last, White Ween, uh, the Old World of Darkness has a thing called the Rule of One, mm-hmm. where any one you roll on a D10 subtracts a success. So if I roll and I get two successes, but I also get two ones, I did not succeed. Right. And if you get more ones than you got successes, you botch. And it's progressively worse botch based on the number of additional ones you get. Well, that's that's a house rule that oh, most people okay. did. I'm sorry. Normally, it's just if you have more ones, you botch. Okay. But most people were like, oh, but if you had like five ones, then That's you... a super ultimate botch, and you kick yourself in the dick. Yeah, you just use your claws and rip your dick off and then slap your face with it and fall down and cry. That's why I always hated progressive or, or any kind of critical fail house rule. Is that it's always just slapstick nonsense. Oh yeah. It was never a a real thing where you're like, oh, I, I did some horrible fuck up and it was it was like meaningful to the plot. It was always like, you slip on a banana peel and then a pie goes in your face. A yuck yuck. Yeah. It's always dick humor is the thing. And what it should be, I mean the easiest way to house rule it is, oh, did you critically fumble? Your enemy gets advantage on you on their next attack. Yeah. Because you left yourself open in some way. Like you're you're a competent, well trained sword fighter, and you accidentally left an opening, and you can see that you left an opening, and you know it's scary and bad. And the the worst part of this is the on high difficulties, the more dice you have, the more ones, you the can more roll. ones you could get. So yeah. it meant that if you have a progressive botch house rule, that having more dice in something was often worse because it meant you had a greater chance of botching harder. Yeah, and so you'd be like, I swing my sword at this man. Okay, well, looks like you accidentally sorted up your friend's dick. <laughs> oh, and then you turn into a lupus and bit his dick. <laughs> <laughs> the fans thank you. Yeah, I know they do. Okay, so 
I, I don't really want to spend forever talking about the one to five dot ratings. I mean, I do, but I don't want to do it right now because we're in the middle of a different discussion. We're talking about how to build a werewolf. So you've got your abilities and your attributes. Now you need to start choosing ma- magical, fancy things about your werewolf. Yeah, so there are a whole shitload of options. So first, we're going to start off with how were you born? And that is going to be uh, one of three things. I was a breach presentation. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, You can either be born from a wolf, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have a lupus background. Yes. You can be born from humans, and then you have a uh, homid. Hom- homid, I think. And then the middle one is called metis for some yeah. reason. If you are born from two werewolves fucking, then you are metis. And that used to be like a super taboo, ultra not allowed thing. And they would like murder children that were done with that. But werewolf numbers have dwindled enough that they're like, ah, whatever, fuck it, we don't care. So if you're born from a werewolf's metis... <laughs> ah, the metis. Yeah, if you're white bo- metis. If you're born from the white metis of a werewolf, then you're born with some like broken problems. Like you're, you're basically gonna- it's it's like you're inbred. Yeah, you're inbred. So you've got like some patchy fur, or you have a human face, no matter what form you shift into. There's a fun little table of things that can happen. Yeah, to you. you can have like weird deformed limbs or things like that. So it it makes it so that in some way you are deformed. It's, I thought it was a really weird stylistic choice to basically hamper it so that if you wanted your parents to be werewolves, you had to roll on this table to see how fucked up you are. Yeah. It was like, wh- why? What if I wanted my story to be about like werewolf families? I guess I got to house yeah. roll this garbage out. No, because they're like, hey, man, you can be part of the werewolf family, but... Uh... No, I mean, literally, what if I wanted my story, the, ga- the, t- the gameplay that I'm telling, to be about like you know, uh, unblemished werewolves that are the children of other werewolves. And that, that, that this is just them coming in and being like, oh, no, no, this is a very cr- complicated world we've created. Well, I mean, you wouldn't normally even think of that because normally it'd be a curse that happens oh, yeah. Yeah, instead yeah, you, of I got, children. I got bit by the Hound of the Baskervilles. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> well, Sherlock Holmes's name shows up in this book like three times uh, because they need it for the five-dot rating on a bunch of different things. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So that's... Now, the thing with that is uh, there are gifts you will get as a werewolf, and that's sort of your your weird superpowers. They're charms and powers and whatever you call those in Vampire. Uh, And the ones that you get to select are going to be based on what you pick in these. So if you pick, uh, you've got a background that's human, then you get a lot more uh, options of picking powers that are like, uh, I have mastery over beasts because I'm right. man. And yeah, if you're if you're from lupus, if you're born of wolves, then you get things like leap of the kangaroo because you're you're quite agile and and very wolfity. Yeah. Uh, and if you're if you're in the middle faction, if you're a if you're born of werewolves, if you're a, if you're a metis werewolf, then I, I know it's pronounced like metis or something. But yeah. Go with me on this. I'd, one. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a metis werewolf, then you get like meta stuff because it well it's it's much more like spiritual things like talking to spirits and doing werewolf stuff one of the two gifts that they get as an option is sense the worm yeah so they're like very good at in in participating in the endless war against the devourer worm yeah they are much more in tune with what werewolves are yeah so that's the first thing you have to choose now now also this is going to determine how much gnosis you start that's right we got to talk about gnosis gnosis is your ability to do spirit realm stuff because not only are werewolves 
weird eco-terrorists, but they also run around in the spirit world, because of course they do. They have multiple layers of different types of spirit worlds they can go into and travel through. And Yeah, you can go to the penumbra, or the umbra, or the deep umbra, and these are basically like dream worlds, and it's safer to go at certain times of day because the demons that live in them are out manifesting in the dreams of children. Yeah, it's... It's a lot of weird stuff. You you end up having a lot of, like, totem spirits and shit like that because Satyros is super big into it. Yep. But yeah. Gnosis is the points, your, like, power points you have to do stuff. So if you want to, like, shift into the spirit realm or if you want to uh, use one of your weird uh, superpowers or whatever, you're usually using Gnosis. And the this is where we're going to run into one of the many stupid problems of this game, which is if you are born from humans, you get one dot in Gnosis. And Gnosis is really important. Like, it is how you power your weird spirit nonsense. Yes. If you're born as a Metis, you get three. And if you're born as a Lupus, you get five. Five is a lot more than one. Yep. And so you end up looking at it going like, Okay, but what's the point of being born from a human then, outside of the gifts that they have, which, honestly, who gives a fuck? And you can get them again in a different way by just saying that your character is, uh, you know, uh, from a different, one of the clans that uses them, or from one of the different uh, auspices that use them. Which we will get into now, because now you get your auspice. So auspice is two things, because they always have to subdivide things by something in White Wolf games. Uh, These are the phases of the moon... Well, it's it's basically what you were born under. What yeah. phase of the moon are you? But it also is, and more accurately, is what's your job in werewolf society? What's the way you get things done? Where I'm sorry, Garu style. Yeah. So you have, of course, different names for for the new moon is the tricksters or the ragabosh. Oh, the ragabash, the ragabash. I kept calling that like the narco 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 or something because I don't know why I got an N in there, but <laughs> I could not remember it because ragabosh is not a word that sticks in the brain. No, it, this is definitely a book that has some of those nonsense words that I just hate. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth, folks. I pretty much have to keep detailed notes when I'm playing role playing games because as much as I love goofy words for things, they don't stay in my head. No. They absolutely don't. I don't remember the name of the guy I met in the ne- in the previous town. DMs often get mad at me for this, and it's not my. I just have a bad short term memory. Yeah. Uh, and this book is impossible for me. Yeah. I'm like, it's everything has a dumb. How name. am I supposed to remember fucking Ragabosh? What is that? Where is that coming from? I'm sure Satiros is about to send us an email that's like, well, it's the Algonquin word for those who trick. <laughs> yeah. The so the the new moon Ragabash are those that run around and they're the tricksters. They're uh, those who are more clever and are more about like doing conflict through uh, being smart and tricking rather than direct confrontation. Yeah, so they are basically the coyote or the Anansi of the werewolves. They spend their time, uh, they solve their problems through trickery and guile and all the other werewolves hate them, but they to- but tolerate them they must. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the crescent moon. I can't remember the name for. Uh, is that the bards or no. the arguers? That's the uh, the debater guy. The 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 peacekeepers. No, because that's the the half moon. Is because oh. I remember half moon is Philodox. Okay. Oh gosh, I think I might have forgotten an entire one. Because because okay. Yeah, just crack the book open and let's get to crescent moon. Yeah, let's get to crescent moon because I remember. Here's the ones I remember off the top of my head: Arun, Philodox, Galliard, 
uh, Ragabosh. Yeah, there's, there's the Crescent Moon one. is one that just sort of slipped out of both of our minds. Yeah, I'll but pause. ah, uh, it's just the Theurge. Ah, the Theurge, and it comes with a picture that is straight out of a Palladium book. I mean, look at this friggin' guy, John. Look at look, look at this dude. Yeah, it's like what's going on here? Yeah, he's like some sort of. He looks like Victor Creed in a kimono that's open for some reason. Yeah. So it's uh it's basically if Trist Valentine became a werewolf. Yeah, sort of. It's it's kind of like if uh Etrigan decided to dress up for Japanese art class. <laughs> so the uh the theurge are your mystics? Yes. Uh yeah, okay. I completely forgot about these yeah, guys. Yeah, they they are the shamans. They're the ones who are all about like talking to spirits and doing mystical nonsense and running rituals and things like that. Right, and then after that, you've got the Philodox, which is the half moon, uh, because they represent the balance between different things. They are the diplomats of the werewolves. Yeah, they're, they're Garu. They are judges and diplomats and arbiters, and they go around and they're like, "All right, let's solve problems and do things like that." So they're very judgy, just like any other arbiter. They fight exactly like the Master Chief, but if you press the B button, they briefly go into a stealth mode. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, uh, duh. Uh, how yeah. old is Halo 2? How old am I? Very and very. Oh, for Christ's sake. All right. Uh, let's see. The other ones include the Galliard, which Would- is the Bard Wolves. Yeah, that's the Waxing or Gibbous Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are the teller of stories. They keep the traditions. They tell history. Uh, but they're also like the people that get everyone pumped for combat. So mm-hmm. they're almost combat guys but they're like oh yeah we tell the story of how werewolves beat the shit out of dudes so everyone well, gets pumped to go to war a lot of this book is full of that kind of smug john wick writing about the scorpion clan style like uh monologuing which means that all the clans get this description that's like while they pre- prefer to leave the fighting to the mighty arun do not trouble them in in person for they will unleash upon you a mighty fur- flurry of super claws and deadly death like everyone, every single time that comes across, like, oh, these guys are the non-combatants, but cross them not, lest ye find yourself at the hands of their mighty blade claws. Yeah. It's just every, every single chapter. Uh, uh, so that's that's the Galliards. Yep, and, and then, then finally, we've got our full moons. you got the Arun, the full moon, the werewolves that like fighting and fucking and fucking fighting. Yeah, they're, they are the warrior race. They They run out and they're like... Yeah, we're frontline guys. We like to just beat the shit out of dudes. So the other thing you get from choosing these, in addition to some gifts that relate to each one that you can select at starting play if you want, uh, you also get your starting rage total from which one of these you select. Now, again, this is real bad (laughs) because the Arun, the fighter guys, start with five rage. Mm-hmm. The Ragabash, the Tricksters, start with one. And John, what does Rage do? Why, Rage is basically everything that you want in a game. You can spend a point of Rage to get an entire another action, mm-hmm. which in Old World of Darkness is insanely good. Yeah, it's basically like if every single werewolf has the vampire, Old World of Darkness vampire celerity bullshit. Yeah, just baseline. It lets you do things like uh, shift forms without having to roll for it, since normally you have to roll... Uh, primal Urge is one of the skills you can get, yeah, and you normally ability. have to roll for it to shift, but this just lets you instantly shift if you spend a Rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lets you come back from being incapacitated, mm-hmm. so if you get knocked to in-cap in this, uh, you can spend a Rage and roll, 
and the number of successes is how many health levels you heal, and then you just come right back into combat. Yep, yep. So Rage is ridiculously powerful, and again, there's a 1 to 5 scale on starting Rage. Is it expensive to buy Rage with XP? Yes. Yeah, and that's... The weird thing is, if you're like, oh, my my idea was a uh, human ragabash, like, oh man, you suck balls. You done fucked up. Because it's not like it's a balancing factor. Normally, in these sorts of games, if it's like, oh, these guys have Gnosis 1, but of course that means they have Rage 5. Yeah. In it, this, you can just choose to be terrible. Yeah, you can choose to be terrible, or you can choose to be a Lupus Arun and be like, great, I'm amazing. I fuck shit up all day long. And before people start pointing out, well, yeah, if you play a Lupus Arun, you get a bunch of the combat stats so you can be all super combat-y, uh, both of those stats do things in out-of-combat effects as well. Oh, yeah. Well, they've got out-of-combat stuff. I mean, especially the Gnosis, Gnosis is good is, for out-of-combat. Yeah. Rage is great for in-combat. And it doesn't... Like, I can go ahead and say my primary stats as a Lupus Arun are the uh, mind stats. Mm-hmm. And I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm super smart. I'm very quick-witted. I'm clever. I'm all that... But I'm also just got more points and everything than this other dude. Yes. Yeah, there's no balancing factor. It was kind of a... I, I guess it's supposed to be a self-balancing factor. Like, you're supposed to be like, well, I chose Ragabosh, so I have one rage. I better choose a good auspice or whatever it is, uh, uh, whatever your birthright is, so that I can have a little more gnosis. Yeah. But, you know, you could fuck it up. Or your story could just be fucked up. If you're like, oh, I'm born of humans and I'm a trickster spirit, whoops. whoops a daisies and then we get into our our meat and potatoes of every white wolf thing, which is choosing your clan. Yeah, I love the meatus and potatoes of this game. <laughs> ah, yes, I was born of potatoes. <laughs> so there are 13 friggin' clans. Um, this means that there are several that you're going to forget every single time you try to talk about them. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely several forgettable clans in this. So I'm going to go through them alphabetically so that we don't miss one. Uh, because I'm sure that it'll be someone's favorite, and they'll get mad at us for calling it forgettable. Yeah, the the very first one is going to be the Black Furies. So this is something I love. There's Black Furies, Red Talons, Silver Fangs, uh, Blue Horseshoes, blue hor- <laughs> and the Red Balloons. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the uh, the the Silver Bar- or the Blue Barracudas. Yeah, you got the Green Monkeys. Uh... <laughs> I mean. It's not all like that, thank God. They're not all a color and then a thing, so that they sound like high school like badminton teams. Uh, but they are, but several of them are. And when you first start reading through them, it's like, is that what this is going to be? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but no, the Black Furies are Amazon werewolves. They they are just straight off, straight up Amazon werewolves. The book does say that occasionally you will get a male in the Black Furies, mm-hmm. but it is very rare. Yes, yeah, so they're. So they're the female, for the most part, they're lady werewolves, or lady garu. They're lady gagaru. <laughs> lady gagarus. Uh, and their whole thing is that they hate, well, patriarchy. Also, Jeff, I think I have my secret character now. <laughs> <laughs> lady gagaru. <laughs> I mean, I'm on board for that. <laughs> You're going to have a tough time there. You're going to start with very little gnosis, given that she was born of humans. But you'll have good rage, because she'll definitely be a galliard. <laughs> definitely. Lady Gagaru. Uh, anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. So, the Black Furies are lady werewolves. They hate the patriarchy, and they spend all their time smashing oppressive men. Which, you know, is important, and, and a good thing for werewolves to be doing. Has nothing to do with the overarching plot of this game, though. No, the whole idea that the werewolves are supposed to be fighting against the worm and his... Horrible oh, corruption. There it is. That, did you hear what you said? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe it's because it's a guy worm, John. Did you ever think of that? Yeah, well, 
maybe they should fight it more then. <laughs> but yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, there, I mean, it's a, it's a neat idea for a clan, but this book's got such a strong forward mo- motion towards what werewolves are supposed to be doing. Yeah, that being just like, what's this? Uh, these are radical feminist werewolves. And you're like, all right, that's a really cool idea. Are they doing anything to help what werewolves should be doing? Not really. So here's the thing. I think Black Furies are cooler than the concept of this book. Well, yeah. Like, it, what they should do is eliminate all this force, like apocalypse bullshit and just make it that uh, there's these cool werewolves running around, and some of them are crazy smash the patriarchy werewolves, and they're awesome. Well, I mean, if you if you went the... The whole idea of werewolf is you have this rage inside of you, mm-hmm. and depending on how you focus, that rage is going to be sort of your werewolf clan. So if you're like, my rage is the patriarchy, great. You could also have like, what's you? I'm the like communist werewolves, and my rage is against capitalism, and I must crush capitalism. <laughs> I just found my secret character. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so. Yeah, it's just it's just weird, and you're going to notice this a few times as you make your way through the book. Some of them are very focused on werewolf society or worm fighting. Others are very clearly just pet projects of the authors. Just like, oh, I had a I had a great idea for a werewolf clan, and, and they spend their time doing this weird thing. And, and they're like, fine, we got 13, go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, some of them are very clearly like, we wrote this with the meta in mind. Yeah. Some of them are very clearly uh, Satiros going, I need to shove my Native American mysticism into this somewhere. Yeah, and then some of them, and this is probably the saddest block of them, are blo- groups of werewolves that directly line up to the phases of the moon part of selection. Yeah, they're like, what is this? Uh, we're basically just whatever the auspice was was yeah there's as like, a clan like oh this is an entire werewolf clan that loves fighting and all they want to do is fight all the time and they fight 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 and and it's like okay well then obviously you choose arun when you make one because you're going to be the saddest dude ever if you don't yeah if you're like hey what did you pick oh i'm i'm a ragabash get a fenris i'm the trickster guy in a clan full of fighters whoops uh, oops a daisies so okay after uh black furies which, by the way, the other th- the thing you get starting from choosing your clan is willpower. Yeah. So at least with this, it's three or four. Yes. Like there yeah. is, you can still sort of fuck up again if you're like, I'm a human and I'm a ragabash and I picked one of the clans that starts with three willpower. I made myself as weak as possible. Yeah. Uh, also, the other thing that we should talk about here is uh, the tribal totems, because every tribe has a totem. Uh, And then a lot of the time, it has a little sidebar that goes into defense of what would otherwise appear to be a stupid totem. (laughs) This happens more than once as we make our way through here. And then finally, my favorite thing in White Wolf of all time, for sure, quotes. Oh, yeah. Oh, quotes. Anytime I see italicized text in an old White Wolf book, I'm as happy as a pig in shit because it's about time for some dumb, smug bullshit. Oh, yeah. Every time you get a quote in a book that's either talking about your own clan or someone else's clan or anything like that, it's always like, well, these people obviously don't know what the real world is like. Yeah. Or it's someone saying their their clan's like ethos so directly and so broadly that it just comes across as if every member of the clan is five years old and just learned the rules. <laughs> okay, so uh, the tribal totem of the Black Furies is the Pegasus. Yeah, okay. Sure, why not? The Pegasus. Because all of these clans are roughly... Here's the other thing about these cl- Oh my gosh, there's so many things about these friggin' clans, John. Uh, all the clans give you a background, which kind of tells you like where they originated in the world. Oh yeah, it just tells you like, oh, what is the 
origins of this because you're all in North America baseline in this book. Yes, everyone's in North America, but the question of where did you come from comes up from time to time. With certain clans, it's more pronounced. Like the Fianna are straight up just Celtic werewolves. Yeah. Uh, oh, we all have red hair and we love fighting and it's that kind of thing. But but uh, the some of them are a little more nebulous, like the Black Furies. Uh, it doesn't really matter where they came from. They just pretty much let everyone in. What's amusing is that for 12 of the 13 clans, when it's like nowadays, they just let everyone, or thir- 11 of the 13 clans, they're just like, ah, we just let everyone in. Who cares? It's it, Anyone could look like one of these Black Furies. It's fine. Yeah. So, uh, so Black Furies have that, with the exception of most of them are women. Yeah. So... Uh, that's the things we need to know. They they don't really look like anything in particular. They're all of them have what their wolf form looks like, and it's unless it's an, an unusual tribe, it's usually just beautiful wolves that turn into beautiful people. <laughs> so that's Black Furies. Uh, Bone Nars is next. Bone Nars are hobo wolves. The Bone Nars are like we are living as part of the dregs of society. So like homeless people, wolves, and like the uh, wolves that live in urban it, areas. They're one of the two clans that like living in urban centers. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, well, they don't like it. They just choose to live there because it's easy to survive there. Yeah. So they choose to live in big cities, but they are fringe element wolves. They are. They look like mangy jackals and hyenas. Uh, they tend to be hobos when they're in their human form. Yeah. So bonars are the type that are running around and they're like, I got down home wisdom for you. How sad are you if you're like a 13-year-old like Bruce Wayne type, like living richly, and then some werewolf shows up and is like, hey there, you have to be a hobo wolf. Well, the problem is, if you're a Bruce Wayne type, it a bonar didn't do it with your mom. Like, that's not a thing that happened. You don't know. You don't know what Bruce Wayne's mom was super into. Martha Wayne had a side piece going on on them streets. Yeah, she had a side piece hobo that she was all about. Yeah, where do you think the legend of Matches Malone started? <laughs> The legend of Matches Malone. Get out. <laughs> I'm just saying, imagine some normal kid, or not, no, I guess hobo kids are normal, but imagine some like middle class kid sitting in his house and then some werewolf hobo bursts in and is like, I have amazing news for you, boy. First of all, got any spare change? <laughs> all right, kid, I need you to come with me and gra- grab any beans you got. <laughs> We're going to teach you how to wrap a bindle. <laughs> the kid's like, I don't, wh- why would I do this? I have a, I've, I'm, I'm, I just got accepted to the Air Force Academy. Oh, there's a magical world of living on the streets and riding the rails awaiting you. <laughs> You're going to shift into the spirit world and then ask spirits if they've got change. <laughs> And by that, I mean, like, change in a metaphysical sense. Hey, do you got any spare human hands? I'm trying to get a mulligan stew going. <laughs> oh, can't go over that way. Hobo code. There's too many cats. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Bonars are... It's, it's interesting that they exist. <laughs> it's a great exist. idea for a, con- for a clan. Yeah. It, it needed a little revision in terms of how they, they, they uh, I, I guess, reproduce. Well... Most of them choose to have mates that are whatever they were to begin with anyway. Right. Fair enough. Uh, Okay. So their uh, tribal totem is the rat, obviously. Uh, Their physical description is that they are mangy and jackal-like. And uh, I think that's all we really need to know about them, uh, unless you really want to hear their quote, which is, Pretty neat jacket there, rich boy. Oh, don't whine. The stains will come out someday. Did... Did he just piss on this dude's jacket? <laughs> I like to think that. I mean, it's supposed to be that he's carving the dude up. Because all like, there's only two kinds of quotes here. One of them is werewolves either threatening or cajoling other werewolves. And the other is werewolves ki- uh, um, cruelly killing random humans. Yes. There's your two options. Uh, so that's the Bone Nars. 
There you go. Mm. They're they're the homeless werewolves. Now, following up with them are the children of Gaia. They're the hippie werewolves. They are the ones who are living in peace with nature, and they they really want to protect Gaia. And at least they're doing something that yeah, they're directly they're, is supporting of what the werewolves are made yeah, to they do. They have anything to do with the story. Uh, their tribal totem is the unicorn. Of course it is. Uh, why not? You know, not like there weren't enough interesting real animals that we had to immediately go to Pegasi and unicorns. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, the other thing that's fun about them is what they look like as wolves. It, it starts off by saying uh, that the children of Gaia often represent the classic, beautiful, magnificent wolves of ancient mystic art. Yeah. You know, on the side of vans. <laughs> Like, I like to think it's just they turn into, like, the wolf that's drawn on the side of an amphora. <laughs> <laughs> just real smudgy-looking wolves. Just ink drawings come to life. They look like Sai from Naruto drew them. <laughs> but the, uh, So I, they're supposed to look like ultra-fancy airbrushed-on-a-velvet t-shirt wolves. Yep, they are definitely three of them howling at the moon. Uh, that is absolutely right. Now, they... They often tend to join at like environmental groups like Elf and what have you and go off into the wilderness and fight that that evil corporation. You know, Pentex, the evil corporation. Yeah, Pentex is the, the evil corporation in here where it's sort of a conglomeration of every bad part of every uh, corporation. And, and they do bad stuff for like no reason because the worm's controlling them. Yeah, it's, it's like worm tech is basically what these guys are and they are just... Dumping radioactive waste everywhere they can. And yeah, you know, we never watched an episode of Captain Planet, and they're all like, "Hoggish Greedley is dumping poison in the river." Why? It, that how does that how does that benefit the company he works for? What is yeah, he- like he's supposed to be all about greed, but for some reason he's like, "I'm going to go out of my way to pollute as much as possible." Why are you doing that, Hoggish? How does that benefit you? It seems like it costs you a lot of money to truck all that poison out here. Plus, you're wasting poison, a valuable murdering resource. <laughs> Well, I just done hate fish, I guess. I guess. Yeah, all right. All right, sure. Yeah. Very rarely does it make sense what a planeteer villain is doing. Yeah. Anyway, that's the children of Gaia. They are followed up by probably my least favorite clan in here, the Fianna. Oh, the Fianna. They are the the Celtic werewolves that are just sort of the bards. They're bardware. So they're the Galliards. They are literally, if you played a Galliard, you might as well play a Fianna because they are both the bard thing. Yeah. Uh, they are Celtic. They also dislike the worm. Their tribal totem is the stag, uh, and they tend to breed among humans of, of Celtic descent. Great. Hey, you know who else tends to do that? Racists. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Only racists breed with Celtic people. I'm just, I'm just saying, when you intentionally try, either that or guys, redhead enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they need to secure a future, future for their werewolf children. Their wolf forms resemble dire wolves. Great. That's fine. That's a real thing. It's just not a real Celtic thing. That was a real North America thing. Yeah. So, whatever. Uh, And then they have a quote that's just reminding you that these are basically the dwarves of this game because they all have thick Scottish accents. Yeah. Their quote is, Ah, come on, laddie. Tis only one draught I'm asking. Is me own homebrew. You wouldn't want to insult me now by refusing me hospitality, would you? Hang on. I'm only half done with this fucking quote. That's a lad. What? Oh, don't worry. It's made of the best pure distilled spirits with a dash of fairy spit. What? Don't go spewing that. It's prime stuff. Yeah, great. What? Okay, so one of the things about this book is that it posits the existence of so many magical little critters in the the White Wolf world. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Basically, all of the other books managed to do that. Yeah, but this one's like, oh, there's fairies, and there's Lune, and there's Grimkin, and there's there's Fibbledy-Gibbers, and there's Weebledy-Dees. <laughs> and each one of them can teach you a magic bouncy trick. There's Bebo-Bees. <laughs> Bebo-Bees and Bebe-Bows. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, after these guys, because these guys are very uninteresting, um, you've got the Get of Fenris. They are Norse werewolves that are all just fighters. They're... Yeah. Arun the clan. They're Arun is a clan, and their whole deal is that they love fighting and they hate not fighting. Yep. They are frontline fighters that are like, we go out and we just fuck up the worm as much as we can. Yeah, they they're they're singing songs and drinking drinks and fighting around the world. Yeah. That's that's what they're doing. And they're they're just Viking analogs. There that's, you go. that's all it is. They're just angry Viking analogs and woe betide the person who chooses to be one of these without being an Arun. Yeah. And uh, they also have a fun little quote. It's just, you are yeah, a worthy Yeah, but if we read foe. every quote, this is going to take fucking three hours. I have a lot of fun three hours, John, don't you? No. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Fine. Okay, tribal totem is the Fenris wolf, obviously. Gotta love it when werewolves have the wolf as the totem. Yep. And uh, what else do we need to know about them? I guess they look like huge wolves when they turn into the thing. Great, fine. Moving on, the glasswalker. Yeah, glasswalkers are your business werewolves. <laughs> they are executive werewolves. <laughs> They're American psycho werewolves. Yeah, they are Every werewolves. Every one of them is Patrick Bateman. Yeah, they're werewolves that are like, oh, my jungle is the urban jungle, and I prey on other corporations. You, you're like, ugh. You have to let me read their quote. No. You have to. No. I'm going to do it anyway. I know. Yeah, so here it is. They have the worst quote, because their quote's not a quote. It's just more stuff about them in italics for no reason. Yeah, it's just, let me describe this clan as italics. Yeah. Hey, well, I just finished describing this fucking boring clan. By the way, uh, tribal totem cockroach, I think, with a little description that's like, this may seem stupid, but think about it. The cockroach can survive anything, even being microwave. Incidentally, all that shit about cockroaches being ultra-survivable, bullshit. Huh. So, anyway, moving forward. Uh, the urban landscape, unnatural? Hardly. The predator wears different guises and uses different methods to entrap their prey. Bad credit ratings and IRS audits replace talons and fangs. Still, the age-old snarl of triumph is daily heard in many a corporate boardroom, and the look in the eyes of a frightened deer flashes among the members of countless stress reduction support groups. Thanks, Niles. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for extra description of what the... Who said that? Who was saying that, and what were they saying it to? Yeah, well, you know... I don't know, maybe some new guy who's just showing up. Like, there's some new guy who's like, Hi, I'm a new Glasswalker werewolf. Someone explain what we are. Stress reduction support. Oh, shut up, shut up, stop, stop. What do we do? Do we live in cities? That's all I fucking needed, thanks. No, because if you're if you just got uh, initiated into the Glasswalkers, you aren't going to be a huge dick, because they're going to give you some fucking like VP of sales or some shit at some corporation. It's true. The other thing, that, I haven't read one of these quotes yet that has this, and I may not because John's getting so mad about the quotes, but uh, a lot of them are full of thee, thy, flowery, oh, harumph type language. Oh, harumph. Which, why? Why Why are the werewolves talking like Excalibur's goddamn dick? Uh, I mean, you got that occasionally from vampire, but even they were like, oh, it has to be a really old vampire who starts talking like that shit. And the werewolves, I'm like... Most of the ones you're playing as are just dudes who recently turned into werewolves. Yeah, they're they're new werewolves. Why are they using this language? What, do they just finished reading fucking Elric books? Yeah. Oh, I love exactly that sword. It. I want to talk like that guy. Ah, thou art quite uh, dead when I get near thee with mine claws. Why, why are you talking like that, dude? You were like a, a mechanic like an hour ago. Uh, it's werewolf thing. When a werewolf talks, they talk like this, verily. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... 
doesn't make any sense. Why would they stuff that in here? Uh, There's no explanation for it. No. All right. So the uh, we give way from the glass walkers, who are the city werewolves, to the red talons, which are the simplest werewolf to describe. They are werewolves that are only exclusively born from wolves. They are kill all humans. That is the clan. They live far away from any urban center. They hate humans, and they kill any humans they come across. They're the, they're the clan that kills humans. Now, this might make it sound to you like they're completely unplayable in a werewolf game that is not just all red talons, and you're right. So, moving on. Yeah, they're basically bad guys as a werewolf clan that you can pick. Their tribal totem is the griffin. Okay. Okay, whatever. And I really wish I could read all the quotes, because their quote is ridiculous. It's it's some bullshit about how... The, it, it's oh, This is the last one, I promise. No, it isn't, because you're going to say that and then read another one. No, I really do promise. This is the last one. You humans need to refine and alter and corral and codify and measure things. Yes. Very well. I shall use your, quote, wristwatch to count out ten of your, quote, seconds. I suggest you use this time to run, for at the end of it I shall come for you, and I shall catch you, and we shall measure the duration of your death in screams. What the fuck is that? that? Is that supposed to sound like some dude who is a wolf all the time and hates humans and wants to kill humans? Yeah, no, that that is a supervillain. That is that's some dude who just captured James Bond. Yeah, like that is that is someone who's about to play the most dangerous game. Yeah, I'm going to hunt you. Instead of you know a dude who is a wolf 100 percent of the time and hates humans and wants to kill humans, the only thing he's going to say to a human is, "Oh, look, your neck." Yeah, like, well, you know, you can't have a quote for the red town just be. Grrr. Sure, you could. They're wolves all the time. They're wolves who appreciate wolf stuff. Their quote could literally be "Awoo." <laughs> Werewolves of London. It'd be great if it was Awu, Werewolves of South Dakota. Awu. It was the whole thing. <laughs> All right, so the Shadow Lords, whose quote I will not read, even though it's really good. God damn it. Okay, Shadow Lords are the star scream of werewolves. They're all the star scream of werewolves. Every one of them is like, well, the Silver Fang werewolves, soon to come, folks, don't worry, are in charge, but we should be in charge, not them. We're the ones with true vision, even though we're all kind of evil, and we definitely have black fur to their silver fur. Yeah, the the Shadow Lords are straight up just like, we are the evil viziers as a clan? Uh-huh. Like, it's just a whole clan of them. It's a whole clan of Jafars and Sar- Starscreams and Destros. Yeah, and you're like, come on, man. You can't have a whole clan of that. It Not everyone work. can be that. You look at Cobra. Like, as an organization, Cobra has one Cobra commander. If the whole clan, if the whole fucking thing was Cobra commanders, they'd fall apart because they keep arguing over, once we take over the world, which one of us is going to be in charge of us? Yeah. You can't do this. You can't have a whole clan of secret plotting supervillains who all think they're going to be the king. Yeah. They'll notice. Yeah. Everyone's going to be like, wait a minute. Everyone else is also plotting the same shit I'm plotting. And their quote, which I will not read, is one of them explaining this in the dumbest terms possible to some random Black Fury lady. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, come away with me. Let me explain to you exactly what we do and who we are and put thys and these in there. <laughs> anyway, moving on. That's yes. the whole clan. That's the whole clan. Next clan after the Shadow Lords is the Silent Striders, or the clan you forgot. Yeah, the Silent Striders are, we like to walk around and listen to things, and so, that's it. That's the clan. Now, if that sounds, they're supposed to be the wise people who wander the world alone and learn things and then impart that wisdom to other, to other werewolves. They're the ones from East Africa, in case you were curious. They all look like jackals. Jackals? Jackals? Jackals! Jackals! Look like jackals! Uh, and and uh, they still tend to be a lot of East African, Bedouin, or Roma tribe type people. People who uh, traditionally wander. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, they have a little tiny short quote, which is silly because it includes, includes the phrase, prepare thyselves. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention that. I'm not going to read the whole quote. I just wanted to mention prepare thyselves because thyselves is not a word. So whoever wrote that not only felt like forcing these and thous and shit into this, they didn't know how. Well, yeah, no one does. Yeah. Everyone who's like, oh, I need to make it sound like these guys are old-timey proper dudes never knows what the r- rules are of that shit. The rules aren't all that complicated. The difference between them is that one of them is a singular pronoun. There's a difference between your and yours. Yeah. And they've got it wrong, and they've added, well, they've got it correct. It's just that that word never existed. So, moving forward, that's the entirety of the Silent Striders. Oh, I'm sorry, their tribal totem is the owl, and they tend to look like jackals, and they tend to uh, be, or it's thought that they might be responsible for the legends of Anubis and Set, because they look like jackal men. Great. Great. After them are the Silver Fangs, which are the inbred king werewolves. Yeah, these are the, uh, like, classic knights werewolves. Like, if someone was going to be the Knights Templar, it would be the Silver Fangs. Uh-huh. They, and they are deeply committed to fighting the worm and also to being in charge of all these werewolves. Yeah, they are, they are supposed to be, like, the noble, honorable werewolves. And there's a little note in there. They're like, they've started getting corrupt, though. Oh, yeah. A lot of them are super inbred, and they're starting to develop, like, weird Habsburg jaws and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a werewolf with a Habsburg jaw. In fact, I think I just picked out my secret character, John. Damn it. <laughs> it's going to be some werewolf with his jaw, like, completely extended out forward. Mm, yes. Verily. Mm, mm, Someone put grapes in the open portion of my lower jaw. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they are the rightful kings of werewolves. They tend to look like big, beautiful white werewolves. Yep. And uh, I think that's all we really need to know about them. Their totem is the falcon. Uh, there there you we go. go. And then after that, we got the Stargazers, which is another You Forgot This Faction is in here. The Stargazers are mystic Asian astronomers. Now, when we say Asian, that's to point out the fact that most of these clans are, where do they come from? Oh, they at one point they came from wherever, but now they come from everywhere. But these guys are, a few of them might come from somewhere, but most of them are old Asian dudes. Yeah, it's just straight up the... I went and saw a mystic old Asian man, and he gave me fortune cookie wisdom yeah, these as are, a clan. These are old men on mountains, is what this is. There's less than 500 of them. They tend to wander the world looking at the stars for portents and sharing wisdom with young wolves who approach them. Yep. And it, it, just to drive it home, their quote, which I will not read. Jesus Christ. You, it doesn't matter if you don't read it if you just keep saying their quote is and saying it anyway. Oh, can I read it? No. It's, in fact, fuck it. Next thing. The next clan. But it's a tautology. I don't care. Next clan. Oh, you're killing this. Everyone wants to hear this shit. No one cares. Everyone cares. Everyone cares. No one cares because it's just a dumb, oh, you must tame the wolf or the wolf tames you bullshit. There, I got you to read it. Now yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> it's a clan of the Sphinx for mystery men. <laughs> yes. It's a whole clan of that guy. Yeah. All right. The next clan is the Uktena. Fine. Let's speed it along. The Uktena are... Evil mystics. They're the they're Native American shamans as a clan, mm-hmm. but they're all like we have forbidden wisdom. So the whole thing with the Uktana is that they hate the white encroachers on American land. Uh, as such, not only are they all Native Americans, but they consistently throughout the course of their history helped oppressed other peoples escape. So they know things like voodoo and uh, and candomblé magics because they helped escape slaves. Yep. So they tend to be a mixture of everything but white people, and they hate white patriarchy. Yep. Again, that's a rad idea for a werewolf clan. Oh yeah, no, it's again, if you if you decided everyone has a rage and their rage is specifically like racism mm-hmm. and they're trying to smash that, I'd be like, 
great. Again, you you made a werewolf clan that sort of makes sense, but then you also decided, oh, and no one trusts them because they have weird dark secret pacts with like spirits. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, come on, man, don't don't make it be like. Oh, these are all the fringe society people and all the people who are oppressed. Also, they make dark deals. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. So that's fun. And then the final clan, the Wendigo. So the Wendigo are, instead of what you'd think, which is a cool cursed clan of dudes who can tra- who can make you run till you die, uh, are just a first peoples as a clan. Yep. They're just, they're just first people. They're just like, hey, we're... Uh, we live up in, in the wilds of Alaska and Canada, and we are all still the same tribe, and we are werewolves who stick to the old ways. Yeah, so where the Uctena are like the Native American shaman trope, they are just the like Native American warrior trope. Yeah, they're the, they're the last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Just werewolves. Right? So they tend to stick around up there and do Native American things, and they dislike cities. Yep. There Most you go. of these werewolves dislike cities. And their, uh, their totem is the Wendigo. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. <laughs> the Wendigo a... tribe's totem is Wendigo. What was the Uctenas? We didn't talk. Oh, the tribal totem of the Uctena is the Uctena. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. A Native American water spirit combining the features of serpent, deer, and cougar. I don't I don't know how that works, but sure. And it looks like the Wendigo is the cannibal spirit of water. So does that mean it eats water? <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> it is... is water and it eats water. It's a cannibal of water. Yeah. No, the whole thing with Wendigo is you turn into a Wendigo if you commit cannibalism. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. There's a, there's a few other tribes that we aren't going to mention. Beca- oh, I guess we'll mention them, but we won't go into detail because they either don't exist anymore, which is the Croatans and the Bunyip. Yeah, the Bunyip were Australian, like, pouch werewolves. <laughs> yeah, they're marsupial wolves. And uh, they got killed. And then the Croatans were another tribe of Native American werewolves who descended... No, that's different. Uh, they just got wiped out somehow, and no one knows how. It's so they can do a Legend of Croatoa thing. where they can yeah. Talk, yeah, it's just so they can they can stick that mystery into werewolf town. Yep. Uh, and then finally, the... I forget what they called them, the White Dancers or something, who, who descended into the Deep Umbra to fight the worm and became the bad guys of this game, the Black Spiral Dancers. Yeah, there was some clan, and they used to be like, oh, they're pure and good and they they always would fight the worm as much as possible but then as a clan for some reason descended into the worm's territory and then they all to a man got turned into black spiral dancers which are super corrupt werewolves yes and And they try to find werewolves before they turn like if you're a werewolf and sometimes because basically it's up to your werewolf parent to come get you yes like if i'm born of a werewolf and i grow up in some house then uh when i turn like 13 or whatever my wolf dad is supposed to come get me right but if your wolf dad say dies for some reason and no one knows that you're there you can just sort of go your life without knowing you're a werewolf Mm -hmm. but sometimes the black spiral dancers will show up and be like hey Hey, let's corrupt you you're a werewolf so now, Ooh. instead of it being just one tribe, it's if we can corrupt any werewolf, they become a black spiral dancer. Yes. And if you want to read more about that, check out the fun comic at the beginning of this book with great art by Tony Deterlizzi, who you'd know from Planescape, but, you know, writing by the people who wrote this book. Yeah. Um, and it's great because it's great. It's a great way to see what Tony Deterlizzi would have drawn had he been paid to draw Steven Seagal. <laughs> had he the means. Which he, I guess, was because he did. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Then you got all the gifts. Gifts are exactly what you think they are. It's like, you know, oh, you can jump slightly farther. When you hit this guy with your claws, it does more damage. And, you know, you get a lot of ones that are like, uh, you have the smell of man and you can scare animals off. And Mm -hmm. you have the The, ability to 
like talk to spirits or make deals and things like that. One of them is just called the scent of sweet honey. <laughs> so there's a there's a bunch of those. They are subdivided into ones any wolf can take, ones that certain auspices can take, one that certain clans can take, and one ones that certain birthrights can take. Yeah. So they're all, they're all very there divided. are shared ones between there. Yeah, a lot of them are like, oh, you have this ability, which is exactly is the level one version of this ability found under the auspice of the Galliard. Well, yeah, because there's like scent of water is one of them, and it's in like three different clans. Yes. So, uh, and then I guess after that, we, we, we still have to talk about how this game actually plays, which we've done with White Wolf like five times. Uh, well, you're... yeah, the, the only weird differences with Werewolf is, uh, so when you get your combat nonsense, you have one attack, and if you are getting attacked, you can forfeit your ability to attack to dodge. Mm-hmm. So you can defend yourself by getting rid of your own attack, which is why having multiple actions is so amazing. Because as a werewolf, you can go, oh, I'll go ahead and use my dodge, but then I'm still going to use my attack action and attack you. Right. Uh, the thing with that is, in this extra successes only count for firearms. Yes. So if I swing at you with my fist and I get, you know, 20 successes to hit, it doesn't matter. I just do my base damage. Yes, which is actually kind of a fix to a lot of problems with White Wolf combat mechanics. Because normally, strength does your, what, is what damage you do. Dexterity is how often you hit and what damage you do. And then you, you have to ask players, which one of those would you prefer? Yeah. And the answer is always dexterity. It always is. Because cause with uh, the carryover of agility into successes, there's literally never a good reason not to maximize that first. Exactly. So this game kind of fixes that. Yeah. The only time it really happens is with firearms. But Which werewolves ain't using. No, but it's also nice because it means, oh, why are firearms deadly? Well, their damage is... A little bit better, but if you're accurate with it, then you can hit something and really fuck a dude up. Yeah, so it's, so, it's actually a smart idea. Uh, it, it just it, it's kind of a weird thing for people who are used to playing other World of Darkness games. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember if there's any other goofy things for Werewolf in their rules. Uh, I mean, it's this the standard stuff we already talked about. You know, stat plus uh, uh-huh. ability. We got through that. We and people know what wound level tracks are and how they work. So, as a werewolf, you auto heal a wound every round, mm-hmm. just for free because yeah. you're a werewolf. Also, as a werewolf, you deal aggravated damage to creatures of darkness and evil, which include vampires, which makes them extremely dangerous to to in cross get book games. Oh yeah. Well, when you shift into battle form, you get a whole bunch of bonuses to combat and things like that Mm -hmm. and then you also have claws which are like strength plus three weapons Mm -hmm. and it does aggravated damage so you can't soak it oh that was the other thing with soak the way that works is if you were used to like jeff the uh soak in uh exalted and things like that which is just sort of a straight takeoff dice yes mechanic the way soak works in this is it's dice you roll to remove successes yes so if i have like a four soak or whatever and someone hits me then they do damage and then i roll to see if i soak some of that damage right so yeah it's just an after the fact rather than a uh reducing dice right so uh it looks like that's pretty much all of the book uh, I think we're pretty much good to go here. Although I really still want to talk about this uh, this quote. I hate you on this one page so much. I'm kidding. I actually don't want to talk about a quote. I want to talk about the ratings from one to five in terms of descriptions for wits. Okay, if you're okay with that, just that's get, fine. Go for so it. I know. I know you really want to do. I it. I know it's true. I want to talk about this more than I want to talk about quotes. And I think it's it's good conversational material here because 
this is a great example of what Old World of Darkness introduced to players as a concept. Is it for these? There's 15 or 16 pages of this book are just given over to one to five dot lists and then little pithy descriptions for what one dot means compared to what three dots mean. Yep. And to give you an idea of what that is, it's something that's to be super intuitive to a role playing game player. Like three dots is better than one dot. I get that. But but here we go. One dot wits. Poor. You send money to televangelists. So is that an example, or do you actually do that? Uh, well, I mean, I have to imagine it's... It, does, mean, it doesn't say you're the kind of person that would. It just says you send money to televangelists. <laughs> so it's definitive. It's declarative. So apparently, if you have a one dot in wits, you definitely send money to televangelists. Definitely. Okay. Two dots. Average. You know when to bet or fold in poker. Which is bullshit no, because you don't. <laughs> most people do not. It's why casinos work. Yes. If if uh, casinos worked or didn't, or if people knew when to bet or fold in poker, on average, every casino in the world would be closed. Yeah. This isn't this isn't a game that would work. Yeah. So, uh, so that's wrong. Either that or they're just saying that everyone in the world is a one wits. Now, that would be counteracted by three. Three dots in wits. Good. You are capable of handling L.A. rush hours, parentheses, without shooting anyone. Great. There are millions of people, literally millions of people that handle L.A. rush hour traffic. There are about 10 million people living in Los Angeles. All of them have to go into rush hour traffic all the time. They never shoot each other in rush hour traffic. They shoot each other all the time in L.A. The murder rate's bad, but they don't do it because of rush hour or during rush hour on the freeways. Yeah. Which means that what they're basically saying is everyone in L.A. has a three dot in wits. Which is probably why no one in L.A. has ever gone to a Vegas casino. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also anyone who visits L.A. and doesn't shoot anyone has to have a wits of three, too. <laughs> so, I, I don't... I, it, it's so dumb. It, it's just borscht belt joke material. Yep. So, four dots. Exceptional. You could be a stand-up comic. Man, wits has nothing to do with being a stand-up comic. Well, we've just established that wits defines your ability to know whether or not to fold in poker, uh, your tolerance for having to sit in traffic, and now your ability to tell jokes. It's a completely different stat from one thing to the next. Oh, yeah. Wits is apparently just a million different things that it covers. It covers patience, apparently, but now also your ability to be an observational humorist. And, and with one, the one dot, it's covering how gullible you are. So it's yeah. gullibility, patience... Uh, humor, and then and then uh, your ability to to determine odds. Yeah, and then I guess yeah, just statistics. Okay, so the five dot, the final, the the ultimate, five dots, outstanding. You have a supercomputer for a brain. Hyphen, it's fast. I'm glad they they had the qualifier of it's fast because I might have been like, oh, do you mean like an old 40s supercomputer where I've got to put, like, punch cards into my head? Do you mean a 1938 computer, which is just a person who did math? <laughs> yeah, but he does it fast. <laughs> it's, well, it's. That's interesting. That's, uh, glad to know what that particular human's <laughs> dehumanizing. That's Jeez. a little mean. But, uh, but no, okay, so you have a supercomputer for a brain. It's fast. All right, well, hang on a second, because four was you could be a stand-up comic. Which means that you are good at determining nuance and establishing the the, the uh, functions of life. Five just says that you're super fast at processing information. Yeah, which, which is, again is different from your patience capability. No, the thing is, the five in wits is probably about as close to what wits should be. Wits is supposed to be your reaction time, how quickly you can process stuff and react to it. So the five is like, oh, I guess this is actually what it should be, and one through four is just random nonsense bullshit. Yeah. 
The other one, I, I could talk about the dot ratings for forever, but we're running out of time. So I just want to couple, hit a couple of highlights here. Uh, one of them is expression, which is an ability that determines your ability to uh, express yourself through poetry, writing, singing. Yeah. Uh, one dot is you are a tabloid journalist. And five dots, and I'll skip the middle, five dots is you are William Shakespeare. <laughs> so here's the thing that this, this drives me nuts. Does that mean that if you get more than one dot in expression, you can't be a tabloid journalist anymore? Are you too good for your job? Oh, yeah. And is it also saying that there are no good tabloid... Like, no one is good at the job of tabloid journalism? No. Obviously not. Because if you were good at your job, you wouldn't be a tabloid journalist anymore. All right. Another one I really want to briefly discuss is leadership, where at one dot, you have the ability to coach a Little League team. Good. At five dots, you could be a Napoleon, a Churchill... Or a Hitler. Oh no, a Hitler. A Hitler. Hi, I'm Chip Hitler. Uh, I'm the regional manager here. I'm going to be taking you guys through this series of camp exercises. At first, you're going to have to get over that wire using only the bodies of your teammates. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm Bruce Hitler. uh, I'm the assistant manager here at this Chili's. How's everything going for you today? Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to need you to fold those napkins. Make sure you wrap them around the individual forks. Now, you're going to place them in the Chili's disposable bag. Now, I hate to be a Hitler about this. (laughs) Uh, Quit being such a Hitler. Couldn't you be more like a nice Napoleon or a Churchill? Yeah, you know, the actual manager of the Chili's, Uh, Jim Churchill. uh, Hitler. Oh, my God. And then uh, I think the other one was Enigmas, which is your ability to solve puzzles. At four dots, it had... uh, you could have fooled Gollum without Hobbit trickery. Okay, great. So, so I guess that we're saying that Bilbo's thing where he lies. Where well, well, it's it's the what do I have in my pocket? The thing is, that's not Hobbit trickery. That's just him asking a question and not realizing he was doing it as like a thing that Gollum was going to try and answer. Well, yeah. I mean, well, no, he tried it as a riddle. He was like, I, I'm completely out of riddles, and this thing's about to eat me. I'll, I'll come up with a question that I'll say as a riddle. Uh, what have I got in my pocket? And Gollum immediately flips out, and rightfully so, because what do I got? What have I got in my pocket is not a fucking riddle. No, there's it, no way to solve it. It's no. Yeah, riddles contain the answer in the question. That's what defines a riddle. Yeah. So basically. What we're saying is that Bilbo is shit at Enigma scores. Yeah, Bilbo has zero Enigmas because he doesn't even know what the fuck they is. Yeah, he heard one riddle once and he was able to repeat it, and then he was like, uh, what's in my pocket? You can't solve that, can you, you little bitch? Yeah, what number am I thinking of? (laughs) Gollum could have just started with like, uh, what's an impossible thing? Bacon owls. Done. I win. Ah. Ah, I get to eat you. So, but it also gets without spelled incorrectly, which I thought was, it's without gob, gob, or, uh, Hobbit trickery. So yeah. I guess it's gay Hobbit trickery? Yeah, without Hobbit, Hobbit trickery. Hobbit. Hobbit. <laughs> I'm, I'm making myself a nice Denver Hobbit. <laughs> anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. Those one to five dot ratings are such a bad idea that you can't put them in the book without including a whole bunch of stupid ones because you ran out of the capacity to not do so. Yep. I mean, you remember that one that was in there that was like, uh, I forget what it even was, but it had Amway people have nothing on you. Yeah, it was subterfuge. Subterfuge. Five Dots and Subterfuge was Perry Mason wishes he had it so good. Which is weird because subterfuge is, the meaning of it is supposed to be your ability to like lie and be deceitful and hide your true intentions, but they use subterfuge as you can tell what people are doing. Yeah, they take subterfuge, which is a word that effectively translates into social stealth. Yeah. And turn it into oh, basically intrigue, your ability to both suss out when people are lying and also lie to people. Yeah. Which is weird because there's already several skills in this game that do exactly that. There's deceit. There's your entire manipulation score. Yep. It's just, it's weird that they would do that when subterfuge has such an obvious meaning already. Yep. 
Anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. There you go. Now, I, I'd like to end today with a pithy quote from the book. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, John, you got anything else you wanted to mention about uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse 2nd Edition with a cool cover that's got a claw rip on it? Uh, Not really. I mean, mostly just that this goes real heavy into nonsense even more in the back of the book is like, Here's all the, like, different realms you can go to. If you go in the Umbra, there's, like, 13 realms, and maybe one of these realms has a place where it's, like, a reality where it's still Pangea, and you're like, what the fuck is oh, going on here? You can here? find dinosaur werewolves. Like, the weirdest thing is, the book, after it does all the character creation and stuff, and then it talks about, like, oh, what are you going to do with this, is all shit that means nothing. It's all just, like... You can go into the spirit realm, and you can run around and go to these weird realms where, like, the Fey are, and where this is happening, and then maybe you'll do a whatever. I'm like, this has it's, nothing to do with fighting Pentex or I whatever. Mean, I hate to blame it all on Satiros, but when we read Deliria, it was the exact same thing. It was like, here's a, here's an engine you can use to play a game. Here's a bunch of fairy nonsense that you can't possibly do with the game. Yeah, it's just shit I put in here because... I want to put my weird fairy nonsense fetish into here, and it means nothing. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, let's get down to the brass tacks, John. What would you say is your favorite thing about Werewolf the Apocalypse 2nd Edition? Oh, Jesus. Uh, you knew I was going to ask this. I know. Hey, I'll tell you what. While you're thinking about it, would you like me to entertain our audience no. with a series of pithy no. quotes? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dancing on the edge of what I'm pretty sure is genuine anger on John's part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's going to be a point where just the the feed cuts out and you can hear like mics hitting against things. But that's where humor is found. So I'm I'm fine to just keep doing this. <laughs> uh all right. Uh fuck, favorite thing in this book is God, it's real difficult. Oh, I think it's this one quote in here. Uh I think for me I'm going to have to say my favorite thing is at least the the separation of birth, like where you come from, was an interesting idea of like, oh, you could be born of a wolf or born of a human. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to take away the idea that it's a curse, at least the whole like, oh, you can be an inbred werewolf, werewolf. It was interesting. Like, that's a that's an, a neat concept to take werewolf, at least. Sure. So I, I guess that'll be my favorite thing. What's yours? Uh, well, we actually talked about this. I like the separation of dexterity and strength. I mean, I I'm evaluating this from a point of view of looking at it in comparison to the other White Wolf books that we've read, especially yes. in the spirit of the White Wing season. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they've made it so that dex isn't quite the God King stat it always is is kind of a nice thing to find. Now, let let's keep in mind that's going to be tempered by how insanely bullshit rage is as a mechanic. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's nice to see that one little pie-in towards a good idea happening somewhere mechanically in a White Wolf book. Yeah. So I'll give it that. I think that was kind of a smart play. Uh, what would you say is your least favorite thing? Okay, least favorite thing in here, 100%, has to be the fact that you aren't playing as a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was probably going to say the same thing, which is, this has nothing to do with werewolves. Yeah, I mean, everything else... Like, when you're playing in Wraith, you're playing as a ghost who has unfinished business and is has a hard time moving on, and you're in a weird ghost society. And I'm like, okay, great. When you're playing vampire, you're playing as vampires. All of these are very classic monster themes that yeah. get 
translated into the book. Even when you look at like Promethean and it's like, okay, they got to have five kinds of Frankenstein's monsters in here. So you got to have Frankenstein's dad's monster and <laughs> Frankenstein's mom's monster, which is white wine. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, even uh, to, to go away from the joke. Even in Promethean, you're like, these are Frankenstein's monsters. You're playing as the classic archetype, where you, you're made of humanity and you live adjacent to humanity, but you can never truly belong in it. Yeah, that no matter what, people will hate and fear you just for what you are. Yeah. And it is it is translated well for almost every book in the line, and Werewolf the Apocalypse is specifically a book where you look at it and you go, I'm not playing werewolves. I'm playing, like, at Best, maybe a like they're totem go- fighters or yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to say you're maybe like a skinwalker. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe you're a Yenaglachi. Yeah, maybe that's about as close as it comes, but you aren't a classic werewolf. And that's the thing that annoys me the most is even if you included things like, oh yeah, here's a Yenaglachi, like it's one of the types of werewolf you could be and it lives like this. Yeah. That I mean, would be fine, but I, they don't include the classic werewolves. I'm sure there's room for people to argue that that Native American werewolf stories are the classic werewolves. Like they're the oldest werewolf stories. But the problem is that that they would they should be one of like the five or six stories that are in here. Yeah. And it's not like, oh yeah, because everyone else's werewolf stories came from those. No. Every it's like vampires. Everyone sort of has their own version of someone comes back from the dead and tries to kill you, yeah, or they're, they're someone becomes bestial. Yeah, they're practically a monomyth where every single culture has some kind of animal man that stalks the woods. Yeah, and the fact that they decided to instead lean really heavily into this like shamanistic mysticism instead of being a werewolf annoys me I can a see lot. that. I- I mean, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll take the same thing in a slightly different direction. Uh, the fact that the word werewolf is not in this book is extremely annoying to me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just all Garu it's the, all, all the way down. It's all Garu and Galliard and Arun and Get of Fenris and stuff. And it, it's so subdivided and so myth or, or structured into its own mythology that it loses the whole like conceit of a werewolf. At a certain point, you're basically playing shape-shifting eco-warriors who conven- conveniently all turn into various dogs... But they don't need to. Like, if, if one of these breeds just turned into sharks or something, I'd be like, yeah, that makes just as much sense. I don't care. Well, I mean, there there are splat books for were sharks and were bears and were whatevers. Yeah, and I'm sure that all of them hate these pretentious, snooty-ass werewolves. And they do. Yeah, so look at that. That was pretty easy to guess, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, the fact that this book... I, I'm basically saying the same thing John is. When I crack this book open, I want to be able to play a goddamn werewolf. And instead, I'm playing, like, a fucking fern gully man. Yep. It's just... Very weird stylistic choice to have the whole book be that. Yes. Yeah. I can see this whole thing is existing as a splat book to the core werewolf book. Yeah. Or, again, have this be like one of the options of werewolves you could be. Yeah. And then have a bunch of the other classic ones. Yeah. I, I can see that just fine. Uh, so there you go. Uh, would you play this game? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag at this point. I ran werewolf before mm. in high school and... That didn't last super long because there's only so many times you can go, all right, Planeteers, Pentex is dumping in the river. You've got to stop them before it's like, man, this is boring. I don't care. <laughs> well, you can always be like, all right, Planeteers, there's Black Spiral Dancers. Well, the problem with Black Spiral Dancers is that's the like nuclear option for how bad things are because they're... Better than werewolves? Yeah, they're better than werewolves. They're built using the exact same system. One of the problems with, with certain White Wolf games is that they don't really have a, a system by how, villi- by how which villains are created. 
So instead, you just create them using the character creation engine, which is a real problem because character crea- creation tends to be weighted towards extreme lethality. Yeah, and the other problem I had with running that game is if you try and do the thing where you're like, oh, well, it doesn't need to all be combat, you can hang out at werewolf moots and try to do stuff with your tribe and your clan and whatnot, especially if anyone is playing as like an Ukteno or a Wendigo or anything like that, it can get real racist real quick for a bunch of white teenagers sitting around playing this game. Oh my gosh. Imagine trying to play, uh, and you went to an all-boys high school. Imagine trying to play a Black Fury in that situation. Yeah, it is. It it devolves very quickly, and it's why I was like, nope, nope, can't do this, can't run this game. Yeah, I, c- I can see that. So you're, you're basically saying you wouldn't be able to run this again. No, I, pr- I probably wouldn't play it, because I'm like, It's a system that works. I know how to play it. I know how to game the system, which is, yes, I will be a Lupus, Arun, and whatever clan gives me a four in willpower because I know how to fuck the system over. But I wouldn't want to because there's no story that you would tell in Werewolf that I'm going to care about. Also, that's hardly an appealing form of gaming the system. Like, we rarely use our own name as a term in in the story, but that's a shit form of system mastery. Oh, yeah. When, when you're like, oh, I've learned how to master the werewolf system is I choose the clan that gives me a five and the auspice that gives me a five. I'm so thoughtful. I left the I left my little brother to play the fighter. Yeah, it's I mean, it's one of those things where you're like the system mastery is blatantly obvious when you look at it. And you're like, I have three options. One of them gives me a five, one a three and one a one. And that's I not- guess I'll take the five. Yeah. I mean, it, that's not functionally satisfying as a form of system mastery. There's a lot to be said for system mastery, not us, but the th- the concept. As, you know, it's fun when you're like, I have fully mastered Shadowrun. I know how to build a rad-ass Shadowrun character. And there's so many moving parts and levers that doing it is a satisfying experience. In this, it's just choose the best thing. Choose the best thing. Choose the best thing. You're done. Yep. That's it. That's all you need to do in this book is just choose the option that was better than the other ones because they didn't realize balance was a thing. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, there you go. There there you are. That is that is our final white ween. What, would you play? I don't care if you'd play. Oh, just, just ask me, damn it. All right, would you play? Well, to quote the immortal Jeffrey Chaucer. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there actually is a Chaucer quote in this book. It's fucking ridiculous. But no, I wouldn't play this. There, that's all I needed to hear. Great. Thanks. There you have it. I think we're all set. Thank you so much, and we're glad you were here with us on this wonderful white ween. The most wonderful of white weens. Uh, it's the most wonderful ween of them all. Of the year. <laughs> I think we should have an old Lang ween song for the end of these. <laughs> As always, folks, thank you so much for joining us here on System Mastery. If you like what you hear, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash system mastery and supporting us at any level at all. No matter what amount of money you give us, it unlocks our bonus content where we're going to go make vampire characters. Whoops, sorry, werewolf characters. No, we're going to make vampire characters. (laughs) Fuck the system. (laughs) Yeah! Rage against the machine! Every week, no matter what book we review, we make vampire characters. (laughs) We don't even refer to the book we just read. Fuck it. All right, so uh, let's see. You can also find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, System Mastery on Facebook, Gmail, or Twitter. Uh, we are currently very, very close to a goal. We are, at, I think, $39 away from unlocking Weekly Expounded Universe, our Star Wars book review podcast. I'm looking forward to hitting that $1,000 goal because, uh, Lord, folks, uh, I'm... I'm uh I'm gonna be a dad in about five months. Oh no! Yeah, that's that's hap- That's coming up real soon. Oh no! So uh, the cat's out of the bag. The cat's out of the, the bag. The baby's yeah. out of the stomach. 
Well, no, thankfully it's not yet, which gives me enough time to hopefully find a goddamn job uh, so I can I can properly raise a child. Uh, so that's gonna well, be you're not going to properly raise a child regardless. <laughs> I'm sorry. Enough for me to legally minimum raise a child. There you go. Is that what you wanted to hear? That is exactly what I wanted to hear. All right, so that's about to happen. Yeah, I've got this quote about fatherhood here. and I'd like to- <laughs> Please, please read me all your pithy quotes about fatherhood. Just quote a Poe song at me. Why not? <laughs> So that's about to happen, and uh, you know, there's already been talk of having a Patreon goal where people get to na- like uh, vote on the middle name of the baby or something. Yeah, if we if we get to two thousand dollars before can, the baby's born, before the baby's born, then you get to name its middle name. Well, then you get to vote on it. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the only way. It could, I can't give the baby like two thousand middle names. Well, if your if your baby's middle name is Baby McBabyface. <laughs> I don't think there'll be a, that'll be a real goal, but if you want to be a real goal, by all means, let us know. It would take it would take an insane amount of work to get us up another thousand in five months. Yes, it would. Yeah. But by God, name their child McBabyface. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, congratulations to me. And, yeah, good for, job. For the love of God, support us on Patreon. I need it more than ever. Thank you, and let all acquaintance be forgot with a ween that's very white. I, that's how I always sing old Lang Syne. I have no idea what the words are. You just mumble along. There you go. Nice day to start again. It's a nice day for a white ween. 